She was an it girl before being an it girl was a thing. He was the scion of a wealthy family with some interesting views on sex. And together, they made a really just bad couple. Fucking horrible. <laughs> Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott. This is Old Timey Crimey uh, with your host, Christy. Hey, I'm Scott. I guess I'm a host, too. (laughs) We're co-hosts. We're co-hosts. We do this. (laughs) You're the host. I'm the co-host. No, I think we're we're both co-hosts. See, see, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of, like, pilot... And then you know the co-pilot's just there in case. <laughs> you have... I bet you have a whole bunch of information that I don't have. <laughs> it was... This was a big one. This was a, there was a lot. I have many, many pages. Most of mine. Most of, most of these, I, I've tried to limit to like five pages. Yeah. This thing, I could not limit to five pages. Mm-hmm. I think I got like about 11 out of this. And I'm going to have to buy a new tablet. <laughs> I'm thinking about putting this up on eBay if anybody <laughs> wants to buy it. You can see the horrible things I've written about people that Christy makes me take out of the podcast. <laughs> yes. So many, we can't, so many horrible things. We can't say that about people, Scott. It's so hard to keep him in line. It's a full-time <laughs> job for two hours a week. How's oh. your week been? It's been good. It's been really good. Um, had a little little bit of bad news today. We took Squeak to the vet. Mm. Um, she's my, my cat. That's actually my dad's cat. And uh, her retinas have detached. Oh, yeah. no. So she's older. She's had a, a really good life, and we're going to give her as much, you know, of a good life as possible. And um, so she's got a lot left in her. She's very agile. So she's still running around doing her thing, scrapping with Hemingway. But, yeah, so that was um, that was a little rough to hear because uh, today was the day after the anniversary of us putting down my beloved Shakespeare uh, my very first cat, uh, and so going to the vet where we did that was rough, and I couldn't go into the room. I had to be that ridiculous person that's like, I can't go in there. I'm sorry. Can we go to the next room? So, so that sucked, but um, I have a surprise for you. Uh-oh. As I told you earlier, I have a surprise, but I didn't yeah, know what the I'm surprise is, because that would ruin it. You're that's, fired. That's not how surprises <laughs> work. Goodbye. <laughs> so um, a couple weeks ago, we did the interesting, I keep using that word, interesting story of Hans Schmidt, um, revolting priest, probably not. And during the course of some of this week's research, I remembered that I'd seen a reference to one of our uh, participants in the activities that we're going to talk about today, um, to, um, I'd seen a reference to that person when reading about Hans Schmidt, so I was doing a little digging, Mm -hmm. and I didn't find the exact reference that I was looking for, but I did find a book called Killer Priest, The Crimes, Trial, and Execution of Father Hans Schmidt. And I started just, I was just looking for a particular reference to something, and I came upon some holy shit. No pun intended. I don't think she meant to do the (laughs) holy shit thing. I didn't. I don't think she meant that. But I was actually, this was just like probably an hour or so ago. Does it have to do with goose heads? There's some stuff that has to do with with various heads. Oh my fucking god! So, <laughs> you did it too. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, but I meant to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So um, I was I was reading it, and I, I had a moment where I said that exact thing, and I just kind of covered my mouth. I was like, "Oh my fucking 
God. And so what I've decided to do unilaterally, I've decided um, a couple weeks, sometime in in the aftermath of my uh, my abroad trip that we're going on in it undetermined time um, don't try to rob her house she'll be back before this is posted <laughs> my she's cats all, will eat you she's already back and the ducks will too english bob I, will he will he will just devour you i'm very protective of christy i will eat you <laughs> yes so many different people and animals will eat you very hungry so so what i'm thinking is um we give you a week off i read this book Okay. Take copious notes on it as I do. I will have my uh, all of my cards, probably something with abuse or abuse of goose heads or something like that as a heading, and I will tell you all the stuff that we missed or maybe got wrong or you know whatever the case is because I just did some skimming mm-hmm. through it and we'll do a little bit more of a of a comprehensive rundown of the Schmidt trial so it can sort of be a not trial but the whole Schmidt thing so it can be all of all the Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> it is a bunch of bullshit and chicken schmidt and goose schmidt. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, so that you can you can kind of get this reaction, but in in real time. Okay. Uh, the, the similar to the the reaction I had while I was in my kitchen reading that, and I was just like, whoa. I will fight the urge <laughs> to go read this book. Yes, please do. And if it helps, it's like twenty bucks on Amazon, so um, that might keep you from buying it. No, I've. Like, with the influx of new cash that I have, <laughs> I've been whittling down my debt, but at the same time, I've been spending a lot of money because now I have much more money to spend. Ah. I've been getting stuff, I've been getting stuff that I've wanted for a long time, mm-hmm. and I still have more money left. And it's it's a very unusual situation to find myself in. Uh just as an example, like right now, while we're doing this podcast, I'm kind of looking, I'm buying a uh, model kit that I had as a kid, and I'm just waiting to see on eBay. There's one bit on it. <laughs> Scott multitests yeah, yeah, like you wouldn't exactly. believe. Exactly. He podcasts and shops at the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> but this week, my big thing was I got a little toy robot that I had as a kid. Aww. And this is this was like a thing where it was Tops, the baseball card company. Mm-hmm. They put out this toy robot and it was like a simple one-piece plastic and it had like a little plastic, you know, hinge on it. And you popped it open and there was candy inside, right? So I found one on eBay. And it was like I want to have mm. this in my my toy collection yeah. because I'm a man child. <laughs> So I put a bid in on it, and it comes to me, and I'm like, oh, this is great. Look, the hands still work and everything, and oh, it's not broken. And I pop it open, and the candy is still inside. Oh, my God. 35-year-old <laughs> candy is still inside this oh, thing. So gross. <laughs> I'm showing some of my friends on my other podcast. And the one guy goes, eat it. And I go, I'm not going to eat a piece of this candy. It's 35 years old. He goes, you're a pussy. I'm like, well, I got to do it now. That's all it takes. That's, That's all it really took. all it takes. So I, I took a piece of this 35-year-old candy, and I ate it. Oh and I instantly fucking regretted it. <laughs> As anyone would expect. So, and this is on YouTube. The episode 450 of Good Morning Cybertron, my other podcast. You can, right at the end, you can watch, in fact, the, uh, the show title is Scott Eats a Piece of 35-Year-Old Candy and Almost Dies. <laughs> It made me instantly nauseous, yeah. and the taste stayed with me for about six hours. It 
the best way I can describe the taste so that you people don't have to. If you happen to find 35-year-old candy that you bought on eBay <laughs> accidentally. As one does. Yeah. It tasted like a sweet tart. Mm-hmm. But now get rid of all of the sour in a sweet tart and replace it with copper pennies. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. No, no, no. It was no. horrible. That's what I did. And speaking of horrible. Yes. Harry Thaw, you son of a bitch. That was one horrible man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stanford White, not that bad, much better. Not not really too much better. Only slightly. Only slightly, yeah. If there's a scale, he's like just a couple inches. Yeah. A couple notches, rather, above. Going back to Hans Schmidt, mm-hmm. uh, if we compare Hans Schmidt to Thaw, then I would have to say, going on the priest scale then Stanford White would be your Rasputin. He really didn't do anything horrible, horrible, but he was still pretty horrible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and these two men, uh, Stanford White and Harry Thaw, they sort of revolved in the the orbit around one uh, Evelyn Nesbitt. Mm. And, Mm -hmm. yes, she's, you're going to want to go to Google um, I'm sure that, you know, I'll have a picture of her for the, the episode art, but she was a looker. The, she had a striking resemblance to the actress Chloe Bennett. I showed you a picture of Chloe Bennett before mm-hmm. we started recording. And she's Daisy on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So if okay. you're a Marvel fan, uh, you maybe have seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But yeah, she had a striking resemblance to her. This was a breathtakingly gorgeous woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With know? a very playful air about her, but she could also, you know, kind of convey sort of a suggestiveness. And yeah, she, she seemed to have a very um, expressive face that could do basically whatever she wanted it to do. Yeah. So she was actually born Florence Mary Nesbitt on December 25th, either 1884 or 1885. Actually, not that far from here. Um, I can never pronounce this right. Tarentum? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, right. I know where Tarentum right. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's near Pittsburgh. It's only sixty-four miles away from us. So, right on. Uh, you know, kind of a almost a local girl, sort of. Maybe some of her relatives <laughs> got her good looks, and I'll have to make a. Tra- Excuse me, Nesbits. Nesbits. Any Nesbits? Not you, sir. So yeah, her birth year um, records got destroyed in in a fire or something, and um, so she would. She didn't even really necessarily know because her mom would actually uh, add years to her birth in order to, you know, basically get around all those pesky child labor laws. Yes. You know, who who wants those kids going to school and doing things and playing when they could be working 12 hours a day, six days a week? It's important to have black lung whenever you're 13. <laughs> yes. It builds character. <laughs> or does it reveal character? <laughs> I think a little bit of both. A little yeah. bit of both. So she actually was very close to her dad, who was an attorney. Um, I, I, I like him. Uh, he, he made her a little library and didn't exclude the boy books. Quote, unquote, boy books. Mm-hmm. I hate the very idea of there being boy books and girl books. Like Mark Twain. Yeah, and, and like adventure like stories. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, got her music and dance lessons when she started to say that, you know, that she was interested in that. But then uh, at around the age of 40, uh, he died unexpectedly. And she was only 10 or 11. So this probably was a, a formative experience, losing her dad at such a young age. And it also left them um, pretty pretty penniless, you know, pretty pretty broke. Which oh, kind of surprised me with the attorney dad, you know. You would think a lawyer would, would 
A, be smart enough to set some aside, and B, um, make enough to set some aside. But who knows? Back in that day, yeah, I, I've known I've known a couple of lawyers in my time, and I would say there is a pretty good ratio. There's responsible people and foolish people, mm-hmm. and I've. That same ratio seems to exist within lawyers as well. Okay, all right. You know, I've I've known some really fantastic lawyers. I know one lawyer in particular that I wouldn't trust to sit the right way on a toilet. <laughs> um, calling him an ambulance chaser is an insult to ambulance chasers everywhere. <laughs> the fine art of ambulance chasing. <laughs> I want to see, meet somebody who just has that on their business card. Going back to our business card ideas. Just be honest about it. Just ambulance chaser. Mm-hmm. If I were still a reporter, I would put muckraker. There you go. <laughs> so, so yeah, they, they had to kind of rely on the charity of friends and family. And her mom, Mrs. Nesbitt, was not really great at, at taking care of things. Which, being... As far as the making money is concerned, being a woman in that day and age, you weren't prepared to. You know, nobody prepared you for that. Nobody educated you or, or you know, even told you how to job hunt. So she tried, you know, to, you know, do a little seamstressing and, and that didn't work. She got some cash somehow. Somebody gave her some money. She bought a boarding house, but then she wouldn't actually go and collect the rent. She was too afraid that people would say no and it was she was too scared of it. So she'd send Evelyn to do it. Her daughter. The 11-year-old. Yes. So, and then the so, of course. Evelyn-year-old. Oh, God. Damn it! You Scott. did that, didn't you? I did. <laughs> so naturally, that venture failed because you had an eleven or twelve year old being the one collecting the rent. Um, I'm gonna throw you out in your ass if you don't give me that two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any candy? I need root beer candy. <laughs> that seems like the type of candy they'd have back in those days. Yes. I want some whorehound candy. <laughs> I want one of those swirly mints. Licorice sticks. <laughs> So, yeah, they uh, they went off to, they ended up in uh, Wanamaker's department store, I believe in Philadelphia, where Mrs. Nesbitt was hired as a sales clerk. So as soon as she's hired, she sends her kids, or sends for her kids, 12, 14-year-old Evelyn and 12-year-old Howard, they became Wanamaker employees, 12-hour days, six days a week, as every childhood should be, naturally. Absolutely. Yes, that's, Absolutely. that's the true essence of childhood, is, is just basically getting up at 6 a.m., working your ass off all day until 6 p.m., and then coming home and just falling asleep because you're dead tired from doing this six days a week. My God, that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> With the added benefit of my job is to get yelled at. But you're also not 14 or 12. And I'm sure they got yelled at. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Probably in person, so I guess I have it a little better than them. <laughs> Whiny kids. <laughs> Damn kids. Well, we established in our very first episode that you hate children. So. I do. I do. <laughs> Especially poor children. I love which children. Which they were, so. <laughs> Just can't eat a whole one. <laughs> I have to share. So, but it was, um, I believe, at the department store that Evelyn had a little encounter that would kind of lay out the path for her future um, with an artist. Liked the way she looked. Wanted to sketch her. Not creepy at all. Not creepy at all is what, exactly what Mrs. Nesbitt said. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, by the way, is it a, is it a guy or a girl? And Evelyn was like, it, it's a girl. Okay, you can do it. <laughs> just just sends her 14-year-old off. Um, the, I, the, the more that I research, the more trouble parents seem to get their kids into. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just... I guess it was a different time. 
I guess it was a different time. But it just, it made it so easy to commit crimes. Like, really, really easy to commit crimes. I have, um, I have a poem, actually, that, uh, it relates to this, not one of mine. Um, but, uh, give me a second and I'll find it, because it's one of my favorite poems. And then you'll, of course, edit out the, the, the dead silence. Maybe. It's, uh... <laughs> This Be the Verse by Philip Larkin. Okay. They fuck you up, your mom and dad. They mean, may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. But they were fucked up in their turn by fools in old-style hats and coats who half the time were soppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands on misery to man. It deepens like a coastal shelf. Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. That's my plan. That's my plan. Maybe I'll adopt because they're pre-fucked up. Yes. And it'll Somebody's be... done all the work for you. Exactly. It'll be my job to unfuck them. There you go. But yeah, with like as much as much genetic problems, like I got a brother that's a sociopath, another one that's a drunk, I'm overweight, and they've actually traced that back to genetics. And there's cancer in the family and heart disease and diabetes. My scrotum's just filled with genetic poison. So I'm not bringing a kid in to this world. Just to... That's right. Like, all the cavemen, like, millions of years of evolution, I'm putting an end to it. I have it to be the... Res- here. I have to be the responsible one and say, this is enough. We're a bunch of fucking genetic U-turns and I'm putting an end to it right yeah. now. Genetic U-turns. That's a good, that's a good way of putting it. I Thank you. I like that. So, yeah, she sat for five hours, Evelyn did, with this artist, earned $1. But that is about $30.25 in 2018 money. So she was making like six bucks an hour. It's not bad. That's not bad at all, especially for those days. Yeah, and to just sit. Yeah, just to sit. That's all you're doing is sitting. Which eventually she would come to kind of dislike because it got really boring and, and annoying. You know, you have to sit in very still mm-hmm. for so long. And But she she really was into it then. Um, and she was, again, remember, she was like 14, 15 yeah. at the time. And she branched out from there. Um, she w- became like kind of like the darling model for all of these Philly area artists of all kinds. There were even stained glass. Somewhere there is stained glass Evelyn Nesbitt. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't wow. find it, but... And um, so she said, uh, when I saw I could earn more money posing as an artist model than I could at Wanamaker's, I gave my mother no peace until she permitted me to pose for a livelihood. You would right think, on. Pretty much the opposite of a stage mother, Mrs. Nesbitt. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just like, no, you will not make us more money than I can possibly make in a year <laughs> by sitting for one hour. I won't have it. <laughs> I will not have it. So, yeah. Um... Eventually, they end up in New York, um, and still, Mrs. Nesbitt, this is uh, 1900, she's not using her resources. The, all these artists had given um, Evelyn some letters of introduction to New York artists, and Mrs. Nesbitt just did not fucking use them. She's, she drives me nuts, this woman. If somebody would like to give us some letters of introduction to get this off the ground, I'll take it. Yeah, we won't, we won't pull a Mrs. Nesbitt. No. <laughs> but we promise. No. Pulling a Mrs. Nesbitt. That's... <laughs> Pulling a Nis- Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> that's, I almost said Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> that's okay. You've been drinking. It's all right. <laughs> it's only a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a heavyweight. She really is. The woman can handle her booze. No it's two ways about it. Icy light mango. <laughs> 
Is it? Does it got alcohol in it? Yes, it does. Okay, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I don't care what it is. If it's got alcohol in it, you're probably handling handling it better than I. Look, I'm just getting drunk right next <laughs> yeah. to you. Just the vapors coming <laughs> off it. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, she brings the kids to New York. They're all sharing a room, basically. They're broke as fuck. I actually wrote broke AF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the internet is everywhere in our lives. Yeah. Um, as I say on this thing that we're going to put on the internet. And she finally, she's, she's like, Evelyn's like, no, I'm going to go back to modeling. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we struggling when I could be making us money? So she does. And um, she was super in demand. Like, she was, here are some of the magazines she was on the cover of. Vanity Fair, Harper's Bazaar, The Delineator. <laughs> that sounds like the name of a starship. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes. That's something that should be in, like, Star Trek or something. Lord Vader, The Delineator is wrecked on Tatooine. <laughs> another, uh, another starship, The Women's Home Companion. Oh. <laughs> starship Women's Home Companion. There is actually a starship in some of my favorite fi- uh, fiction called the, uh, the Weak Anthropomorphic Principle. <laughs> She was on the cover of that magazine, yeah, too. Yeah, the weak anthropomorphic principle. She was principle. everywhere. Um, Ladies Home Journal and Cosmopolitan. So wow. really doing well for herself. So, But she was pretty much like the first, possibly the fir- very first pinup girl, you know, before being a pinup girl was a thing. And she was a Gibson girl. Now, do you know what a Gibson girl is? I'm going to profane ignorance. I don't profane ignorance. <laughs> Profane the fuck out of it. I'm fucking (laughs) ignorant to this. God damn it. I like it. I like it. Um, It was Charles Dana Gibson. He was an artist. And the quote quote is, it was the personification of the feminine ideal of physical attractiveness as portrayed by the pen and ink illustrations of said uh, Charles Dana Gibson. I gotta agree. She was stunningly gorgeous. She was. And you you see this this drawing, and it was actually called Woman, the Eternal Question, and it's a profile view of her, and yeah, her hair is Mm -hmm. coming down like it's in a question mark. It's it's really really creative. I like it. So, um, and yeah, she was was making the money. She did some fashion photography. Um, $10 for a full day shoot. That's around $300 per day in, uh, in today's dollars. So she was making, she was raking it in. And she got kind of bored. She was like, I want to go into, you know, I want to be, I want to be an actor. You know? No. She, she probably, kind of, yeah. Probably didn't say it exactly like that. I want to be an actress. She, back then. I want to be an actress. <laughs> yes. May I be an actress? Random man on the street because I'm seen as little more than property in this society. Yes. And I must <laughs> ask every man for permission to do anything, literally even breathe. Yes. So she got her first role in 1901 in Floradora, an Edwardian musical comedy, which those words together just don't really seem to fit for me. No, no, not at all. Not just, at all. I just kind of sat there for a minute after I read that and I was like, nope, can't see it. Can't no. see it. Not a thing. Definitely was never a thing. Mrs. Nesbitt, of course, was like, no, I don't want you to do this thing that'll make us more money. Of course, I shouldn't object to that because she was only like 15 or 16. But I think, I don't think Mrs. Nesbitt's objections were based on age. I think it was just based on, I don't know, maybe like some sort of pride at her, or like her daughter out earning her was upsetting to her or something like that. I could see that. I could see that because... Or she thought it was like scandalous or untoward. I I think it would be more of an out-earning thing because you can expect your daughter to maybe out-earn you in her 30s. Yeah. 
But whenever she's out earning you at the age of 14 or 15, yeah. it's a little bit of a kick in the in the uh, ovaries, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say kick in the nuts. <laughs> but I guess that doesn't apply. Yeah. But she was swayed fairly easy, easily when uh, she was informed that uh, some of the girls in this show, some of these chorus girls, had snagged themselves some millionaires to marry. So she was like, oh, well, okay. As long as you're not out-earning me by working and just by, you know, this is basically your your, your 1901 equivalent of the Mrs. Degree, the MRS, mm-hmm. you know? So, so, yeah, Stanford White, he was an architect. Uh, was, he had a mustache. He had no, you don't, one fucking mustache. You don't understand. That was seven mustaches. It was like a <laughs> ferret had made its home. Just below his nose, I actually named Stretching him. Stretching from ear to ear, it didn't even didn't even make it to the ears. It was like a Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> yes, you guys think we're exaggerating? No, there will be pictures on the social media. He, is, that mustache is social media worthy. He is King Mustache <laughs> of <laughs> Follicle Mountain. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, that mustache! I I don't think like I'm a hairy dude. I don't think I could grow a mustache like that. How do you even? Who does? How do you eat? Yeah. <laughs> Not even like, how do you even how do you eat? At some point you have to like I don't know, maybe like if you're well if you but then both your hands are taken because that mustache is a two hander. Clothes pins. Take a clothespin and like you, could, you know, like like pin it up onto your cheeks or something maybe, or under your under your see, ears. I just picture Stanford White being like, you know, hiring somebody to <laughs> yes. hold it back for like standing behind yes, him. He has it. a mustache boy. He absolutely yeah. has a mustache boy. I say don't tug too hard thou Jeeves. <laughs> I don't know why I gave him an English accent. It's too good. <laughs> well, hey, Jeeves, don't stop talking my freaking lip. <laughs> why this ostensibly American boys named Jeeves? <laughs> he probably called everybody Jeeves. He, he did. He did. Uh, yeah, Stanford White, not the nicest guy in the world. Not really great. He was, his close friends called him Stanny, yeah. which I think really says everything. Um, he was 46 when Evelyn was 15 or 16. So, yeah. um, yuck. Yeah, yeah, but his friends described him as witty. Yes. They described him as kind, generous, masterful, intense, burly, yet boyish. And this was something that I found fascinating. Nikola Tesla went oh. to him to design Wardenclyffe. Do you know what Wardenclyffe is? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Wardenclyffe, for those that don't know, is this massive tower that Nikola Tesla was going to use to project electricity yeah. out into the world. The the Tesla engine that runs the Tesla cars, he had patented that in the late 1800s, and it's about the size of a watermelon. And we're just finally beginning to learn how to use this. Uh, a couple of years ago, we kind of were up in a fury because we finally figured out how to remotely project electricity about 30 feet Tesla was doing hundreds of times that mm-hmm. back in the 1800s, and we just don't know how. Wardenclyffe was part of that. So, yeah, White was part, or was one of the designers uh, that designed Tesla's Wardenclyffe. He was a collector of all things rare, and he was pretty openly bisexual. Yeah, yeah. In a time that that shit got you killed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He, he was able to pull it off. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe it was partly his success. Um, he was also like one of the designers of the Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. where uh, some of our uh, events take place, a uh, very central location. Um, not the Madison Square Garden of today, uh, but uh, I, I, I love, um, I have this little bit 
I'm gonna have to skip through my papers to find it because uh, I put it in a different section, but uh, <laughs> there, there is a, a, a reformer, you know, a, a prude, called Anthony Comstock. Oh, that pastor. Crusader for moral probity and the expulsion of vice. And so the Madison Square Garden building that uh, White designed uh, was topped by, there was a 13-foot statue of the, the goddess Diana uh, with a bow and an arrow. Well, of course, she was naked. She's a statue of a goddess. Mm -hmm. uh, Comstock was not about this. He was he was not about this at all. So he actually managed to get some clothing put on the naked goddess, and then there was some wind, and the clothing blew off. And then White's like, you know what? Let's put some more lights under here. Yeah. <laughs> so he was that guy. He was definitely that guy. He would, he was a practiced voluptuary. Um, which is basically just somebody who delights in the voluptual art, you know, like sex and, and sensuality and stuff like that. Um, had a club with some of his friends called the Sewer Room. It was an underground club where they basically just, like, basically just debauchery galore. Kind of like the American version of the Hellfire Club in, in England. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it sounded like, uh, there was something. Um, there was a, a dinner, uh, a stag dinner. Where they had, it was the the girl in a pie. Did you read about this one? I did not. I did not. Hit me with this. Um, so this is Evelyn's words that a, a girl about age 15 in a gauze dress was put in a big pie with a lot of birds. And during the dinner, the girl jumped out of the pie and the birds flew all about the room. Uh, I told Mr. White that I had heard that he had ruined the girl that night, as you can imagine what ruined the girl means. Mm -hmm. And he only laughed. So this is that guy. Yeah. <laughs> This is that guy. The lovable creep. <laughs> yes, apparently. So, yeah, he uh, gets to know Evelyn through one of her fellow cast members. And this is, this is what he would do. He would get to know young women through girls, we should say, through intermediaries and sort of like worm his way into their lives and make everything seem like it was on the up and up until all of a sudden it really wasn't. See, yeah, we need to make the distinction because I go after younger women. Like, a lot of the women that I date are, like, 30, 25, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Not that I won't date an older woman. You know, I've dated, you know, women that are in their 50s. Uh, whenever I was 23, I was in a very serious relationship with a woman who was 45. Um, but, yeah, he's not going after young women. He's going after... Girls. Girls. Mm -hmm. And it's probably yeah. that, 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 you know, pliability and easy manipulation is, is probably part of it. In addition to, you know, like the... They're all virgins and, you know, there, there's, there's, I'm sure there's many, many different really skeevy gross factors involved here. So, but, uh, so he... Uh, there was the Red Velvet Swing incident, which became rather famous. Yeah. Movie famous. Movie famous, yeah. 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 Joan Collins in a movie famous. Yeah. Um, this was... Kind of sickeningly hilariously uh, in his secret apartment above F.A.O. Schwartz. He had like a back entrance to F.A.O. Schwartz, to the toy store. His his den of, of, of you know, basically like sensual arts and, and doing bad things to girls was above a toy store. I got to top this. I got to top <laughs> this. Um, I guess what I'll do is I'll start like having, you know, make a crack den. <laughs> a bunch of crack whores in the back of the abandoned Toys R Us. <laughs> in the basement of the elementary school. Yeah. Other, <laughs> other than that, yeah. It's like, what toy stars are there anymore? Yeah, yeah, really. Tear. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. 
apparently millennials killed it or something. I don't know. We, Amazon. We're, we're always killing everything. I right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, it was Bezos who killed it, not us. Stop blaming us for everything. Okay, here's the thing. I am a frequent toy buyer. If you want to know what killed Toys R Us, it was the fact that they didn't have any new stock in because they couldn't get rid of their stuff because most of their stuff was 3 to $5 more expensive than mm-hmm. stuff on Amazon or at Walmart. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what killed it. Why would I buy this toy for nineteen ninety nine mm-hmm. whenever it's 15 bucks at Walmart? Right, exactly. That's what killed it. Yeah. And nothing ever went on clearance. Nothing. So you want to know what killed Toys R Us? It wasn't millennials. It was greed. I love how in this story of debauchery and, and men preying on young girls, we've managed to get to toy stores. And it came rather naturally, it too. It really <laughs> did. It really did. So he uh, he had Evelyn there along with another chorus girl and a gentleman uh, to his, his special apartment and allowed her one glass of champagne. And this is what happened afterwards. You're 15. Only one glass <laughs> Only of one champagne glass for, for you. you. Make sure to drink it all. Sometimes the roofies sit on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Rupees are soon enough, but not quite. Yeah. Um, so they go to this room where it's decorated all in green, and there's a big red velvet swing that comes down from the ceiling. Yeah, the um, red velvet swing room. Don't you have one here? I have one in my place. I, I Mine's green. Oh. <laughs> I thought I'd buck the trends. You know? Fair enough. You Fair know, enough. I don't want to be like everybody else and have the same red velvet swing room that everybody else has. I'm a traditionalist. I'm a nonconformist. There we go. So uh, Evelyn was really amused by this. Um, and so she sat in it. Uh, White pushed her on the swing. Very father-like, shall we say? Mm. Daddy issues popping up here. Um, and so the other uh, chorus girl, Edna Goodrich, she would hold a Japanese paper parasol. I'm going to say that again. A Japanese paper parasol. Let's <clears throat> take it back a little bit further to she would hold. Okay, all right. That'll make it the editing a bit easier. Absolutely. So uh, she would hold a Japanese paper parasol, like holding it up by a cord. And then uh, basically Evelyn was supposed to touch it with her foot in, in a, 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 until, and the game was won, I guess, when the parasol was shredded. Who won what? I have no idea. No clue. Probably inappropriate touching. Yes, probably. Although it's said that nothing improper happened that day. Um, but I, I have my... It's, it's setting it up to be improper, mm-hmm. though. It's definitely, there's a, there's a tone to these activities. Mm-hmm. Where you have a 46-year-old man and a 15 or 16-year-old girl, and you know, and they're like playing on a swing. There's definitely some, shall we say, grooming happening here? Yeah. Yeah. So he basically like worms his way into her family. This is his strategy. He he, he becomes, you know, like friends with her mom. He he sends her brother, Howard, off to the Chester Military Academy. Um and then uh, he, he gets them uh, a suite at the Wellington Hotel and decorates it himself. And the, and the decor in Evelyn's room was very reminiscent of the red velvet swing room. Mm. Little, little, like, psychological decoration going manipulation. Psychological decoration manipulation. That's the name of my punk band. There it is. <laughs> Actually, there I think that is. should definitely be a ska band. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yes. a lot of that going on there yep. with that. White is only looking out for their well-being. You know, he really wants Mrs. Nesbitt to Bullshit. to feel relaxed and you know, thinks that she should go off, just take a little jaunt off to Pittsburgh to visit old friends, and he'd watch over Evelyn. You got another cough for me? 
I was just going to like I was going to throw up the shocker, but this is a <laughs> this is an audio thing. <laughs> so really, like people can't see. So all you can do is just it. tell them that you were going yeah. to do it, and then yeah. like wave it around there like it you're is. doing now. There it is. <laughs> Enjoy. Maybe so. I don't know if you're into that. So <laughs> Chris is so uncomfortable right <laughs> now. He wouldn't stop making the gesture. <laughs> So um, he had Evelyn over for dinner during her mom's absence. And her mom had said, do whatever Mr. White tells you to do. No! Bad mothering! Bad, bad Wh- mothering! Why were you so against her becoming a model, and then all of a sudden, the pedophile walks in, you do whatever he wants you to do? It's that, that very early 20th and before... Sent- century early 20th century and before thing of uh a man needs to take care of us yeah and this man is taking care of us so she and he 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 had seemed to mrs nesbitt to be taking a fatherly role i mean he's sending the kid off to school he's buying them you know he's getting them excuse me he's sending the kid off to school he's getting them an apartment all this stuff so i don't know if she if she had any qualms in the back of her minds but she also seems very very gullible yeah too. so yeah. it's it's not it's not pretty what happens next um, he, he has Evelyn over for dinner. They have some champagne. He gives her a tour. The tour ends up in the mirror room. The walls and the ceiling in this room were entirely mirrors, which is, I don't like it. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. Um, gave her more champagne, which we can only speculate. Nobody will ever know, but there had to be something yeah. in it. There absolutely had to be because, uh, she changed into a yellow satin kimono, and then nothing. Yellow the satin day. kimono, the name of my ska band. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Love that we're getting our ska band names ironed out, because that's I've, our next venture. <laughs> here's the thing. it's uh, I'm not making fun of the fact that this man did a horrible thing. I'm using humor to cope. Yes, yes, very much. We need it. Yeah. Yes, because it's... I actually have... Um, brace yourselves for this, and um, if, if... I have her testimony um regarding this particular incident um when i came to myself uh i was greatly frightened and started to scream mr white came and tried to quiet me because she she woke up naked Mm -hmm. in bed next to him naked as i sat up i saw mirrors all over i began to scream again and mr white asked me to keep quiet saying that it was all over when he threw the kimono over me he left the room i screamed harder than ever i don't remember much of anything after that he took me home and i sat up all night crying Mm. And that's just fucking brutal. That is. And that is. Yeah. I mean, to, to have that happen. And, and she she trusted him. You know? Like, Mrs. Nesbitt has no fucking excuse. But this is a 15 or 16-year-old girl. Yeah. You know? Like, she, she trusted this man. And she had a lack of a father figure in her life. Clearly, she's trying to replace him with that. And he's taking advantage of all of this. Of her trust. Of her the tragedy of her losing her father that she was very close to. And it's fucking despicable is, is what it is. It absolutely is. It he absolutely is, is a piece of shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately, Evelyn just kind of attracting pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah. It seemed it, like they were just floating all over New York. Yeah. Just rich pieces of shit everywhere. And you gotta kind of wonder is... It's probably not... Everybody tries to... Whenever they see a problem, they try to go, what's the cause? And I don't think there is one cause to no, any yeah. problem. I think it's a multifaceted thing. I think that you have a bunch of men 
in a society where men are not, it's not just that they are the preferred gender, it is they are the ruling gender. Yes, absolutely, yeah. yes. So men, and I have no problem with men and women being equals. I actually have a little bit of a problem with, with and this is probably something that's not going to make me very popular, I have a big problem with women who trash talk men. I have a problem with men who trash talk women. It's, we're all humans. We shouldn't be trash talking one another. Well, we can trash talk the shitty ones. Like, that's why. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We can trash talk him. I'll trash talk him all day long and I don't care what you have to say about him. Exactly. No, no, no. This is a specific person doing horrible things. Mm -hmm. But to just take. Or trash. Are you talking about trash talking an entire gender? I'm talking about trash talking an entire gender. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. No, we we should be there. You know, equality means just that. And and the, the trash talking just naturally, like, you know, like pushes one down, although some of us are already a little bit further down. Uh, completely, <laughs> so, completely But yeah, I, I agree that, that both, you know, both, everyone, everyone just needs to be nice to each other. Just yeah. fucking be nice, people. Jesus Christ. Yeah, please. Just Don't do shit like this. Reach out and give somebody an appropriate Christian side hug. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Don't be, no, no groping in there. No groping, just like side by side. You put your arm around their shoulder and just squeeze a little bit. And they put their arm around your shoulder. Just a little squeeze. Just a little squeeze. Yeah. Uh, not like too much that. pressure. Maybe a pat on the shoulder. Make sure those hips High do pass. not touch. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Let's just keep everything appropriate and not roofy young girls. That's right. Ugh. That's that's the real lesson here. Let's not roofy young girls. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's hope that everybody knew that already. Yeah. And we're just preaching to the choir. I'm, I'm looking at you, Cosby. <laughs> Yes, we are all and have been for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, the relationship, she actually did enter into a relationship with him. And despite all of this, but eventually it just kind of petered out. He he found other girls. She actually like wasn't thrilled with that. But of course, he's going to do what he wants. And uh, she had a relationship with John Barrymore. um, A a thing going there. Drew Barrymore's grandpa. I believe so. Yes. Yes. And um, he proposed to her. And in front of both White and Mrs. Nesbitt, <laughs> and she turned him down. Oh, no. Yeah. Man, imagine how much prettier Drew Barrymore would look now. She's already gorgeous. She's already gorgeous, but, I mean, you get the Nesbitt jeans in yeah, there. Yeah, right? Damn. So, um... By the way, you should be watching Santa Clarita Diet. Yes, I'm I need to so finish ups- season one and then watch... Did it get canceled? It did. Oh, sons of it bitches! It did, and it was they so They firefly me again! Yeah! <laughs> God damn it. Although, yeah, firefly really should be a, a, a verb. Yeah. I've been fireflied. And there were so many firefly actors in that show, yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn right. it. So, anyhow. So, yeah, she had some some, some actual age appropriate relationships, too, or somewhat at least. Um, and then enter Harry Kendall Fong. This piece of shit. This piece of shit. This. This is a <sighs> piece of shit. Other other pieces of shit hold him up in high regard. Yes, yes, they do. Harry, they say you are king piece of shit. Yeah. Harry Kendall Thaw. What a fucking stupid name. Sorry to the Kendalls out there. Born. It works for a girl. Yeah, that's true. Kendall Kendall's fine for a woman. Uh, born February twelfth, eighteen seventy one. The son of Pittsburgh coal and railroad baron William Thaw Senior. Not just one industry but two two coal and railroad in a time that, that that yeah yeah you might as well you've won monopoly you're just you you're scrooge mcduck 
and you're walking in your vault and you're just jumping in and rolling around in all the gold coins. I tried spread, uh, spreading out my little coin jar on the floor and diving into that and I woke up three hours later with a bloody nose. How <laughs> was that concussion, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pee myself every time I hear a bell now. <laughs> but he, I mean, this guy. Yeah. This guy was disgustingly rich. Yes. Uh, I mean, it yeah. almost seemed like Bezos levels of rich. For the time. $40 million fortune. Yeah. Yeah. $40 million. $40 million. $40 and I'm million, sure. $1,800. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I didn't look up the conversion for that because my brain just immediately, it was such an outrageous number that my brain just immediately assumed that it was to 2018. I don't think it was. Or 19. Let's, what let's, year is it? <laughs> it's 1912. Yeah. Let's look up how much $40 million is. Uh, $40 million. And we're going to do 1890. Well, let's do 1900. 1900? Holy shit. $1,195,746,825.40. Uh, yeah. That 40 cents is really important. Well, that's what gets you over the top. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy a lot of candy with that. You can. So. Not 35-year-old candy, though. <laughs> that cost me $10. But I really was just for the plastic container. And for the nausea. So, yeah, he, he just read, led a really reckless kind of... He, he, was, he, he was just very... <sighs> how, do you say, how do you say no to somebody... Who has that kind of money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, in in their infinite wisdom, the parents put a limit on how, how much he was able to spend per month. Yes, uh, yes, he had an allowance. He had an allowance of three and a half thousand dollars. Oh, well, actually, Daddy limited that allowance to two and a half thousand dollars a month. The average uh, workman made five hundred dollars a year. I had, and I, I don't, I don't do math, so I had that he had eighty thousand a year. Let's see here, twelve times two hundred fifty. Twelve times two five zero zero. Equals thirty thousand a year for I got. This was from a random like newspaper article that okay. that from the Times that like a, like a gossip column well, thing, so it could be totally like inflated. Well, now his daddy limited the allowance to two uh, two thousand five hundred a month. Okay. Um, and like a decadent meal at Delmonico's at the time was a buck fifty. Okay, all right, so we'll go with yours. But yeah. then in eighteen ninety three, his dad died. Uh, he leaves twenty two year old thaw three million. Mom increased the allowance to eight thousand dollars a month. Okay, so that's closer to my eighty thousand yeah. a year. Okay, yeah. all right. So all that right. So maybe that where out. that came from. Which um so that would have been the kind of money that he had when he was hanging around Evelyn. Right. So he would have that eight thousand dollars a month around Evelyn. And that total in a year, um I'm going by the eighty thousand number, obviously mm -hmm. it would be a little bit more than that, but that total in a year would be uh two point three million in our dollars. That's, I could live on a, that. That's a lot for for a year. You you can you can get a lot of a lot of steaks at Delmonico's with that. That's a, a lot, lot of, of prostitutes in the back of an abandoned Toys R Us. Is what <laughs> that is? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, so yeah, he she was in a show called The Wild Rose at that point. She'd actually gotten a featured role, um, and he attended some forty or so performances of it. He attended a lot of stuff. That, but that's. 
that's yeah. obsession. Yeah. I mean, I might rewatch shows just for the comfort level of, of something familiar, but I'm not going to rewatch something 40 fucking times. He, that's obsessive. He wasn't there for the story. No, 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 no. no. The plot wasn't that great. No, no. <laughs> Thought. He had a long list of mental issues mm-hmm, yeah. and assholery. Yes, combined yes. with the money, it's the perfect storm of just shit, Yeah, basically. He was womanizing. He threatened students and teachers whenever he was in school. Oh, my. He went through long drinking binges, lit cigars with $100 bills. Oh, my God. He literally did. He, he was literally... that guy. And attended <laughs> cockfights. Oh, my Wow. Yeah, and this what is a, a guy. Piece of work. This is a guy who's kind of nutty. In 1894, he chased a cab driver with a shotgun oh down a street in Cambridge because he believed the cab driver had cheated him out of 10 cents, which I, was about $2.76 in 2019 money. I don't have any words. Yeah. I I I I have I have none. Yeah. My words are gone. That's that's like <laughs> one fifteenth of a decadent meal at Delmonico's yeah. that that cab driver tried to make Jesus. off with. It was, I mean, this guy, this guy was nuts. Yeah. Um, and he he did he actually had a real hate on for White. Well, he was convinced White was behind every problem he had. Yeah, like blackballing him from all the social circles, and he he didn't like that White was able to get away with all this womanizing and with the young girls and everything. Because he didn't seem to be able to get away with it, for whatever reason. Um, well, no, he did. He seemed to get away with some, but it, 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 there seemed to be like a jealousy there. there he, maybe he wasn't able to be as flagrant about it, especially I, considering his family seemed very puritanical. I think I think that's it. But Mom and the lawyers, Mom and the Thaw lawyers, were very well aware of his proclivities. Yeah. And yes, I used the word proclivities, and I think I used it correctly. <laughs> you did, absolutely. Bonus points for me. Well done. Uh, they dedicated themselves to protecting Thaw. The payoffs became customary. Hmm. Um, there was a, a uh, bleh, there was an incident where he lured a bellboy into his motel room, tied him up naked in a bathtub. And beat him for hours with a riding whip. Jesus Christ. They paid $5,000 to hush the incident. <sighs> yeah. So this is the guy that is now hot on Evelyn's trail. He's sending her uh, gifts and flowers and candy and everything under the name Mr. Monroe. <laughs> Mr. Monroe. Mr. Monroe. And at the same time, he's having huge parties. He threw a huge party that cost $50,000. Jesus. Yeah, his attendees... I want to throw it. I don't want to be this guy, but I want to throw a $50,000 party. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here were his attendees. 25 prostitutes. That'll cost a little bit, yeah. And a military band that played Sousa all night. <laughs> what the fuck kind of party is that? That is... <laughs> That, I have thrown some weird parties, man, but that one, I don't I, think I can top it. I think the probably the song that people are going to recognize as John Philip Sousa mm-hmm. is the Mont- Monty Python theme. That's a John Philip Sousa. So imagine being at a party with $50,000, and the desserts at this party were $1,000 pieces of jewelry wrapped around a liquor glass, like the stem of a liquor glass, right? So imagine that. 
as John Philip Sousa plays in the background, the Monty Python theme, because that fucking happened. And that's a level of absurdity we can never Mm. hope to uh, attain. Yeah, and the term playboy is actually credited to Thaw. Huh. Like, apparently it wasn't used before then. Like, the first person that it was probably used towards was Thaw. So there is a very good chance that the whole term playboy comes from these antics. He basically defined it. Exactly. Exactly. So he's doing this whole thing under a secret name. And then finally... uh, does his big reveal. So imagine this. Do you want to do it? I think you should do it. I I want you to imagine this. Imagine Bill Gates decides to court you and he's using the name William Jefferson and he's like wearing a ridiculous fake mustache the whole time he's doing it. But you've already been courted by Jeff Bezos. Yeah. So like this is not a big deal to you. Like, like, and she, like, he does this big reveal thinking that she's going to, like, drop her jaw, that he's, you know, like, so well-known and, you know, the, the sign of a famous family and everything. She's like, I already knew he had money. That was fine. Yeah. And so do you want to do... do, you, uh, do please. <laughs> please do the reveal. Yeah. So he goes up to... Uh, he showers her with gifts and money. And he goes up to her and shouts. And I know it's not in there, but I know he had a fake mustache. <laughs> and ripped it off. And went, I am not Monroe. I am Henry Kendall Thaw. Of Pittsburgh! And she probably went, who? Well, she would later write, uh, A disguised Napoleon revealing himself to a nearsighted veteran on Elba could not have made the revelation with greater aplomb. <laughs> Gotta admire this woman's sense of humor. She was like, yeah. 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 That's, that, yeah. And I am Evelyn Nesbitt <laughs> of Tarentum. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's how I'm going to court every woman from now on. You definitely yeah. should. Yeah, yeah, just secretly send send them stuff under a different name, mm-hmm. and then walk up to them. <laughs> I am Douglas Scott Mort of, of Johnstown. <laughs> actually, I'd have to go Mount Davis. Mount Davis. Yeah, because that's where I'm from. And it mount actually Davis. does sound like you know you got a mount. It sounds mount it sounds Davis. like you know like it, there could be a castle up there maybe. Yeah, know? and on top of that, there is like that vaguely undertone of sexual. You know, yes, yes, there. yes. Yeah, perfect. You've got it. You've yeah, got it. yeah. There it is. There it is. I know what to do now. So. I, I don't need to do this anymore. I quit. Uh, Christy's on her own. I'm All gonna right. go just slay the puss. I'm gonna. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. I'm going to talk about um, Evelyn's appendectomy. <laughs> I guess I'll stick around for that. That is one sexy appendix. So he's he's wooing her and or trying to at least, and um, he uh, she has an emergency surgery. 1903. Supposedly it was an appendectomy. There were uh, abortion rumors, p- potentially John Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all denied very vehemently later. And then I also read in one place, but I don't think it was a very good source, that she had three emergency appendectomies. And that's kind of hard to pull off. I'm, I'm going to go have my gallbladder removed two more times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that me- medical science can manage it. They did it once. They can do it two more times. You think but I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, that was that's a very not credible source. So. You think they would have went with something that's repeatable. Like, you the appendectomy, it works one time. Yeah, this is like my, my students when their Kidney fourth stones. grandmother dies. <laughs> Kidney stones. Kidney stones. Works. I have a kidney yeah. stone. Yeah. Yeah. There. There. Done. Done. You're from Pennsylvania. Everybody from Pennsylvania gets kidney stones. It's, it's all that 
cat it's, liquors. It's the iced tea. <laughs> it's the iced tea, yeah. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Also, it's also it's so delicious. The scorn of dentists, too. Yeah. They're always I, asking, do you drink Gallagher's? I haven't had Sorry, Gallagher's Gallagher. iced tea in 12 years, <laughs> and I still miss it because they put heroin in it. <laughs> yes, apparently. Oh, my gosh. The way people go through that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Thaw's like, you know, Evelyn, you'll recover faster if I take you and your mom to Europe. And we just go nonstop, like, through, like, day after day after day of, of moving around and sightseeing. Definitely you'll recover from this emergency appendectomy much yeah. quicker. That's that's what you need in recovery, right? To just be constantly moving around. And this guy, he fucking bounced around Europe like he was a goddamn caffeinated squirrel. Oh, my God, yes. A caffeinated European squirrel. Yes. One of those black German ones. <laughs> I know my squirrels. Don't judge me. And uh, she would later call it the worst mistake of her life. And this is a woman who drank champagne with uh, Stanford White. So you know it's got to be pretty fucking bad. Yeah. And I have in my notes one bullet point exactly is, and out comes the crazy. Oh, my God, (laughs) yes. And, like, this... Is stressful on everybody. He's and taken... that's the point. That's yeah. what he's trying to do. He's trying to he's trying to stress her out, make her more frail, more weak, and he's trying to cause fireworks in her relationship with her mom. And it works. It works they yeah. leave. They leave her mom in London. Yeah, yeah. Like they go. They go to Paris, and I don't know. I don't know if they went. We're leaving you in London, or if she woke up one morning and went, "Where the fuck is everyone?" Actually, she insisted. Oh! According to my sources, she insisted wow. on going going away. I would not leave because my daughter with him. They were fighting a lot. She mm. she and her daughter were fighting a lot. So she was like, fucking I'm out. <laughs> I've been doing a shit job at parenting. Anyhow, I may as well continue the trend. <laughs> Why improve? Why change when it's just easier to be this way? See Toodles. <laughs> Love ya! <laughs> I'm going to stay here. Be good. Do what the nice man says. Not a nice man. Not a nice man. Yeah, no. definitely not a nice man. And in fact, in Paris, Thaw proposes again. Nesbitt declines. And then she gets drunk. Mm-hmm. She gets very, very drunk. At which point, he interrogates her about White. Mm-hmm. And she confesses everything. And Thaw goes even more insane. Yes, he, he does. He changes the European tour to be about virgin martyrdom. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's absolutely bonkers. He, yeah, took her to, among other places, uh, Don Remy, that sounded horrible, France, um, which is the birthplace of Joan of Arc, and uh, wrote in the guest book of a church there, she would not have been a virgin if Stanford White had been around. See, and this is the I point. I mean, Jesus. This is something I can picture, like, Stanford White, like, looking at that and going, like, you damn right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. She was on my list. Um, well, who hasn't masturbated to Joan of Arc, I ask you. <laughs> is there an opposite of raising your hand? <laughs> can my hand reach into the basement, do you think? <laughs> I May- punch through the floor. Maybe the Mia Jovovich, <laughs> Joan of Arc, from The Messenger. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> At that point, it's just dress-up play. So this fucker rents a castle. Yeah. Schloss Katzenstein in Austria. And this is where Nesbitt Everything. goes to being a prisoner. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's isolating her. He's keeping even the three servants away from her. 
And it's bad. It's fucking bad, yeah. man. He does everything White did kind of times ten. Yeah, yeah. He, he really loved to whip people, man. Yeah. He had a thing for that. Um, and he, he whipped her and sexually assaulted her for two fucking weeks. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm just... And at the end Fuck. of it, at the end of it, like two weeks of this, two, two weeks, weeks, you're he, broken. You're fucking broken. Yeah. Your spirit is broken. Your your soul is hurting. Yeah, and, absolutely. And Thaw becomes this. This is the sign of a sick mind. Thaw becomes both apologetic and upbeat well, at the same time. Yeah, it's it's that. Um, there, it, it, there's an, a cycle of abuse because it can't be all abuse all the time. Yeah. It can't be just an entire, you know, like relationship of sexual assault and being whipped um, and isolated. There's got to be, you know, like it, it's that that thing in, in abusive relationships. I love you so much, honey. I'll never do it again, I swear. And, and then after that, you're upbeat in order to kind of just like, just grab your broom, just sweep that under the rug. Mm-hmm. I made a little motion there for sweeping. Um, in order to, to try and, you know, like, everything's fine. We're great, honey. Nothing's wrong. I didn't just torture you for two weeks straight. Life is grand. I have money. <laughs> I'm really perfecting my rich asshole in 1903, boys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what it is. It's, 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 you can't keep her around... By constantly doing that, you have to have breaks in it where you convince her that you'll be you'll be better. You'll never do it again. It was just a mistake. You know everything's fine. And and you know older, mature women will believe that. Yeah. You know you've got this. this, this let's see, nineteen oh three, eighteen. She's she's probably around eighteen or so by now. You've got this eighteen year old girl. You know. Well, I was I was in an abusive relationship. And I, so you I, know the drill. Yeah, I make I make no secrets about it. I wasn't like physically abused by my partner, but no, there was there was some emotional abuse there. And you know the story. Mm-hmm. You know the story. I'm not going to get into it on the podcast, but it ended very very badly. And it wasn't until I was in couples therapy with with her. And I'm trying to save my marriage because there's a kid involved Mm -hmm. in this. And the therapist looks at me and we had been discussing something that happened. And he goes, how does that make you feel? And it just slipped out. I went, abused. And it was kind of a thing where I looked up at him and I looked over at her. And I went, yeah, I'm abused. Wow. Light bulb moment. Yeah, it was like one of those light bulb moments. And then it's... It's weird to see a therapist start to take sides. <laughs> and he I just look at him and he goes, it just gives me like that <laughs> one quick nod. Oh boy. You know, and it was like, oh yeah. And then looking back on that, it was a thing where I was the frog in the boiling pan of water. Yes, yes. You know, I the heat had been turned up so slow and that I didn't realize it. I think kind of the same thing to an extreme happened here with Evelyn. happened yeah. here with Evelyn. She's already got this traumatic incident in her past. You have somebody with money. Maybe, you know, the mother has not done a good job of raising her. And I think after about two weeks of this, she goes, maybe this is just the way men treat women. Yeah. Maybe this is my, 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 my thing in life. And everybody lives like this. And Cause this her is only the way model for a, a, a relationship 
like, you know, what, what is a relationship supposed to look like only lasted for the first 10 years of her life. It yeah. wouldn't be very many memories of like their relationship. It would m probably mostly be memories of her with, with her father. So yeah, she didn't have any sort of model. So yeah, maybe she just thought this is just the way it is. This is how I, you know, this mm -hmm. is how men treat women. And yeah. that's, that's, that's awful. Yeah. And oddly enough, she wants financial stability. And Nesbitt finally consents to marriage with Thaw, April 4th of 1905. That's the day before my birthday. Aww. <laughs> Except a couple of decades before. No, I was going to say, you look really One good. One day and several decades. I drink the blood of the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> that is my secret and you just told everyone. Aw, damn it. Yeah, he now everybody will be getting the blood of the innocent. <laughs> good luck finding it. Um... So yeah, he told her he's like, oh, you know, once we once we get married, I'm I'm totally gonna change. Everything's gonna be fine. See, he did that. He said he would live, quote unquote, the life of a Benedictine monk. Um, That's not good for a marriage either. No, no. And uh, he he said, you know, it was all about white. This this was the reason that I hurt you. He called white the beast. Um, I know that he would, you know, you were his victim, and so I, a, a very charitable man. I forgive you, Evelyn. Jesus fucking Christ. Right? Jesus. Oh, I'm shocked that I didn't punch my computer screen. Oh my My laptop God. screen is very grateful to still be alive because I wanted to abuse just the sight of his name in that paragraph. Jesus Christ. Oh my Thaw. God. And you know what? My blood I pressure like I think Thaw believed it too. He totally he totally did. Yeah. This was his this was his thinking, you know, like even though White did this, it was somehow like it was Evelyn's fault and his his whole thing of, of purity in, in women purity. Um, apparently, it's woman's ultimate goal or, or should be job to protect it. And even if you can't possibly help what happened to you, it's still your fucking fault. It's basically it's 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 the, the worst kind of victim blaming because it's victim blaming. Combined with sanctimoniousness. Yeah. It's, 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 I forgive you. You be, and it's your fault. You be chaste and pure as the driven snow. I'm going to go be over here whipping this bellboy naked in yes, the bathtub while I shower him with money to keep his mouth shut about the things I did to his anus. And, and who's in the right here? Who's in the right? Me? Me? Yes. Yeah. I thought so. Well, I have the penis, so I guess I'm. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I, apparently, I make the decisions now. <laughs> So, and she's estranged from her mother because of him, too. Like, they, she came back to America and didn't really, you know, like, the relationship was fairly fraught. So, this this pretty much sucks. Yeah. And then, when they are engaged, Mama Thaw uh, says, Evelyn, uh, you were never a dancer, you were never on stage, you were never a model, and we're going to pretend that, that is the case for the rest of our lives. Nobody ever speak of it again. So, she had basically got, like, trapped in their mansion. Yeah, and it was a thing where the Thaw value system, they, it was all about appearances, but in reality, they were very non-intellectual. Yes, they were oh, very yes. shallow. They were very, very self-serving. Yeah, and uh, and the mental problems, and there is a history of mental problems, and I'm not making fun of that. There's a history of mental problems in my family. Raising my glass to the mental problems. Yeah, you know, but there's there's a time in your life where you have to. Like, if you do have that history of mental problems, you have to take steps. Yes, yes, you know, absolutely. To, to abate that. There uh, are no steps being taken here. Right. One of, like, one of my big steps that I did, and I'm going to throw this out here. I know it has really nothing to do with, with this case, but I feel that it's kind of necessary. 
one of the one of the things I did, and honestly, the best thing I did for myself, I went to a website called mantherapy.org. Hmm. And it had it was it was all about men's mental health. And it was just the right balance of actual help and humor. Okay. All right. Like they had like a fake doctor on there. Hmm. And his name was Rich Mahogany. <laughs> And it was, he would do like breathing exercises where he'd go, look, your son of a bitch of a boss is getting on your ass and you're trying to get to work and you're fucking late. And the, this 105 year old woman in front of you is doing seven miles. Just do some breathing exercises. And then he teaches you how to do the breathing exercise and you'll take a deep breath. Fill it, fill up your gullet and let it out. Fuck! <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, and honest to God. And then, you know, they actually had, like, real tips. It was that spoonful of sugar to help the medicine yes, go down. Yes, absolutely. And honestly, that's where spoonful I started. Spoonful of rich mahogany. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Tasty, tasty rich <laughs> mahogany. And that was, like, the website that started to go, okay, this helped me. So let's see if this helps me. Mm-hmm. Oh, this helped me, too. Let's see if this helps me. And it's really changed my mindset. Um, you go 40 years being told by told that you are nothing and that all your dreams are kind of silly. You start to believe it after mm-hmm. 40 years. Now I'm undoing a lot of damage, you know. And that's nobody's fault. Yeah. You know, that's just that's just the way it was. Well, Thaw really needed mantherapy.org. Well, here's he needed the, Rich Mahogany. He he wouldn't have done it. No, he because wouldn't have. He was he was he was I think I think there was some self-hatred there, but I think he was actually like fine with with being this asshole. Absolutely. Absolutely because you can you can get away with a lot whenever you can throw money at the problem. Yeah. And it goes away. And that's the thing that pisses me off about this mm-hmm. is every problem that he had it went away. Yeah. That's annoying as fuck, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, uh, it is. It is. And I mean, you're you're going to see this goes to a very dark place. I mean, it, the stuff that has been done here is a fucking crime already. Mm-hmm. But this is going into a much bigger crime later on here. And he gets away with it. Spoilers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 he gets away with it Blood by throwing, spoilers? yeah, throwing money, throwing at money it. at everything, and that just yeah, that pisses me off so much. And he's also very, um, he's obviously controlling as fuck. I'm gonna infuriate every single, not every single woman out there, but a lot of them right now when I say that uh, he chose her wedding dress. No pretty white gown for her. No, a black traveling suit with brown trim. This guy has all the money in the fucking world, and he gets her a fucking black suit with brown trim. I bet she looked fucking amazing. Oh, she probably looked fucking amazing in a tablecloth. Yeah. For God's sakes, in your grandma's tablecloth. Yeah. I I bet she owned the fuck out of it. But like you know, for for many women, not all, and I understand that. But for many women, you know, and that that wedding dress thing, you know, that's that's a day in your life. Hopefully, you'll only have one. Yeah. And so you know, your your what you wear that day is very important, and to have some asshole pick out a black suit with brown trim is shitty (laughs) and i know that the wedding industrial complex wasn't back then what it is now but i'm sure she probably was like looking at it like can't can't i have like something like color (laughs) like color why do i gotta look like i'm like getting on the subway to go to a funeral (gasps) christ almighty this guy and yeah his mental problems 
his brain is now circling the drain. It's bad. Yeah, and, he he gets uh, he gets in with the. Uh, Comstock, Andrew Comstock that I mentioned earlier, the reformer. Mm-hmm. He's trying to expose White. That's his big thing. He wants to expose White. Oh yeah, he's he believes that White is after him to the point that White he believes that White has hired the notorious Monk Eastman gang. Yeah. To kill him. And starts to carry a gun. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, White. Just kind of looked at him as like like a bug under his feet. He didn't even care. He didn't know about this obsession with him. He called Thaw the uh, the Pennsylvania pug, uh, like a, a little dog. It's just kind of like you know, like grabbing at my pant leg. I'm just gonna kick it aside. He had no idea um, that all this was happening, and so. Yeah, so, um... Do you really think he had no idea, or do you think he played it off as there was no idea? I really think he had no idea. I think he really? was just off in his own world of, of you know, sensual pleasures. And He's the fucking hedonism bot from Futurama. <laughs> oh. oh! Yeah, I... God, there's probably no recordings of him, but that's how... I, I see him talking, like, I see the mustache, like, with every word, the mustache kind of puffs out a little yes, bit as he talks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh! Just... Like a little, like a little furry butterfly, emerging from its cocoon. His his mustache weaved a pupil like cocoon, and then it flew off into the sky whenever he died. Spoilers. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, everybody dies. Um, June twenty fifth, nineteen oh six. It was hot as hell. So hot, so hot that you definitely like, wanted to wear a long black overcoat over your tuxedo all fucking night and then refused to take it off very awkwardly. Because he's hiding a gun. Yes, yes. And if you hadn't guessed, that was Thaw. Mm-hmm. They're in New York, just real quick, Evelyn and, and Thaw, they're about to go off traveling. And so they, they go to dinner at Cafe Martin's, where uh, White also is. And then they go to see a show on the rooftop of Madison Square Garden, which was Thaw's doing. He was the one who chose the plans for that evening, of course. Um, and Madison Square Garden being, you know, White's building, gee, I wonder if he expected to run into him. Absolutely. And so they go to see Mamzelle Champagne. Which is my, which is my cross-dresser name. (laughs) Is this another Edwardian musical comedy? Mm -hmm. Because I can't with that. Um, so it's about 11 p.m. It's closing in on the end. (laughs) Tonight, it's, the whole incident takes place. During the finale. Yes. Which yes. is, the finale is called, it's a little song and dance number called, I Could Love a Million Girls. <laughs> yes. These people had no self-awareness, did they? None. Or too much, maybe? None. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He's being really, Thaw's being real shady when, around 11 p.m. when yeah, White he, arrives. He's, he's kind of like going up to to White. Yeah. And, and then and, running away. And just to clarify, this is all at, like, tables with ch- with chairs around them. You know, it's not, like, in an audience. Right, it's almost you, like dinner theater. Exactly, exactly. Because yeah. you picture theater and you immediately picture, like, you know, your your, your standard theater. Right. No, this was a, a, a dinner socializing type thing. And White had his standard table there, too. Of course he did. Right. He, you know, practically, you know, he made the, the place. So, um... So yeah, Evelyn, Evelyn's trying to keep them, them away from each other. Um, so she's like, why don't, why don't we go? Why don't we, why don't we check out of here? Before um, you go nuts and shoot him. Exactly. Yes. Before anything bad happens. Um, and so they start heading towards the elevator, but a friend comes up to Evelyn and starts talking and boom, Harry's off. Mm-hmm. He's off. And so then it happens during, I could love a million girls. I don't know the way the song and goes. And apparently boys. Yes. <laughs> 
But I couldn't. I could love a million girls, and a million girls could love me. Yes. Yeah, that's the exactly. way I picture it going. That's perfect. Yeah. Um. So Thaw whips out his pistol. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and Stanford White goes. I say. <laughs> I say, good man. But no, it's it was an actual pug. It was an actual pistol, an actual and not pistol. his penis, <laughs> as I was alluding to. <laughs> Although it seems strange, like. With, like, like White's debauchery and Thaw's debauchery, under different circumstances, these guys could have been lovers. Yeah, yeah. If not, Even if not lovers, good friends. Yeah. They're buddies that exchange tales of their, their wild nights. Yeah. 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 It's, they're very similar. Um, so, Thaw whips out his pistol, actual gun, not his penis, um, fires three shots into Stanford White's head and back, killing him instantly. Yeah, tears off part of his face yes. and it goes flying. Yeah. And the crowd loved it. Because they thought it was a party trick. Mm -hmm. This was apparently a big thing back then, that there were big, like, you know, in the upper echelons of society, they would have these big, complicated party tricks that they would do and illusions and stuff like that. And so they all thought, yeah, this is, this is just another party trick. Yay! And here's the thing. We haven't grown out of that. What's one of the biggest genres on YouTube? The prank video. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's never-ending. Yeah. And he stands up and yells, I did it because he ruined my wife. But some people went, I did it because he ruined my life. Yes, it's really up in the air with which one he said, wife yeah. or life. Um, and he said, he had it coming to him. He took advantage of the girl and then abandoned her. You'll never go out with that woman again. Well, no, he'll never no, go out with no, any woman again. No. He's fucker dead. The, the next person he's seeing is called a mortician. Yes. And you better get a damn good one, too, because that facial reconstruction is going to be a bitch. Mm -hmm. It tore oh. off. The I wasn't able to find exactly... Like how much, but there I did find like one thing that said like it was a good quarter of his head was missing. Yeah, yeah, it's ooh, it's pretty nasty. Yeah. Um. So yeah, everybody realizes. Oh no, this is not a prank. And yeah. They they start freaking out. And it was a thing where I don't want people to think like he did it from a, a range of like ten feet, fifteen. No, he feet. was two feet away. No, two feet. Yeah, two feet away. Two feet away. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, this was... That close range is going to do some damage, yeah. depending on what you have. But. Well, they said the, like, what was left of, of White's head was unrecognizable because mm -hmm. the gunpowder, the flash oh, yeah, actually yeah, yeah. burned it. Yeah, yeah, and he was, like, like gunpowder on black on his face. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pretty, pretty nasty. Um, so Thaw then goes and finds Evelyn at the elevators, and she's like, what did you do? And he's he goes, I probably saved your life. <laughs> like, I don't think White even gave two shits about her anymore. No, but it's just this this obsession with thinking that White had an obsession with her, and it's just it's absolutely fucking it's it's bonkers it in, really in the worst is. way. It really I is. I should save bonkers for more fun things. Um, so of course he gets arrested. I mean, like a thousand people just fucking saw this happen. Of course he gets arrested. You know, um, but is he guilty? Is he guilty? I don't know. Who knows? One thousand witnesses. <laughs> uh, a fun uh, little side note. Uh, there actually can be fun side notes here. Thomas Edison's studio worked overtime trying to get a film version of the rooftop murder, as it was being called, into the Nickelodeons of the day. Yes, because Edison is another glorious asshole of the day. God, there were so many of them. Oh. Wait, no, we still have a lot. Yeah. Nothing has changed. Again, nothing has changed. 
I'm looking at you, Logan Paul. <laughs> Actually, we try to avoid looking at him. <laughs> he does have, like... Logan Paul's face looks like bread that's rising in the oven, oh but unpleasantly, doesn't it? God, you've pinned it. Yeah. Yes, yes yeah. you got it. Ew. <laughs> you yeasty bastard. <laughs> yeasty bastard. So then it's the trial of the century. Two. The, the trials, trials of the, of the century. century. Yeah. Um, the DA at first is, is angling for an insanity plea, actually. The DA. An insanity plea for this man who just shot... Okay, all right, sure, fine. So, somebody had some money. Yes, yes, that's I that's, wonder that's who it. it could have been. Yeah. And the lawyer's like, yeah. And Thaw's like, nope. Dismisses the fucking lawyer like two weeks in. He, he, he won't have it. Won't, will not have this insanity plea. Um, he, he, he was excited about the trial. He wanted, this was, he, he could finally, you know, expose to the light all these uh, quote unquote set of perverts um, who preyed on young girls and deserved nothing less than death. Um, so then they, they have a new defense that they came up with that it was a brainstorm. And I'm going to quote uh, a brief bout of temporary insanity that, that could be expected of almost any American male put to the same stresses. Oh, you mean like being obsessed with your wife's former lover slash rapist and to the extent that you act like he's obsessed with you back? Yeah. Yeah. A long term. This is not a brief thing going on. This is like a constant. This this to me is amazing because $8,000 a month. Yeah. Right now, like not even like adjusting for inflation, mm -hmm. $8,000 a month would make a lot of my problems go away. Yeah, yeah. This is a man who should have been insanely happy. He had the girl that he wanted and he'd gotten her from the guy that he hated and he had tons of money and, you know, he loved his mama a little too much um, and was still doing, you know, the things that he wanted to do as far as his, his particular proclivities were concerned yeah, this is a man who literally had it all and it wasn't enough wasn't enough no no stanford white had to die according to him um and so the prosecutor was like you know no this this brainstorm thing is bullshit um and it was just it was plain plain and simple it was jealousy and he wanted to make sure that if, if Evelyn, if, he wanted to make sure, um, and he told this to reporters, that if Evelyn tried to get on the stand, because she would, she got on the stand, mm -hmm. and some of the, we've read some of her testimony about various events, um, and, and tried to make out that her husband was like her savior, that he, he saved her from white, that he would, quote, tear her limb to limb and exhibit the interesting remains triumphantly. Jesus Christ. I mean, you want a shark for a prosecutor, but you don't want a fucking psycho yeah maybe you do i don't know oh but it didn't matter um spoilers um uh onto the witness stand came brothel madam Susie merrill at some point i'm not sure if this was the first or second trial because some stuff got muddied but uh she said thaw was a regular at my establishment multiple times he came in uh, under a pseudonym any three guesses monroe <laughs> monroe of Pittsburgh. Nick Soap Dish. <laughs> of Tarentum. <laughs> and he would whip the girls that, that he um, got there with a jeweled silver-capped whip. I never understood. Like This guy I, loves to whip. Yeah. like Whipping's I, his deal. There are... I get it. There are some people who are masochists. They enjoy it. There are some people... You know, who are sadists, but 
at some point, like, the play ends, mm -hmm. and this is, honest to God, real dark shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is not... This is not consensual. This is this just... This is fucking Joffrey. Yeah. All right? This is this is Joffrey. This is... If you're a Game of Thrones fan, you know exactly what I'm thinking of because very similar things. <laughs> I'm just going to nod my head and say, yes, I know who Joffrey is. It's the kid from the Batman movie. Only because memes. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, I have no idea what Joffrey does or what his deal He's is. He's the one that... You ever seen the gif of Tyrion slapping the blonde kid? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's Joffrey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know what his proclivities are as far as jeweled whips. Well, I mean... He's, he's essentially Thaw. He, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, winter is except, coming. Uh, more... Thaw, winter. <laughs> I did there? Uh, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, they, they got all this testimony, and they used it to really show the jury, like, this guy is, he's messed up, yes, but he was, he knew what he was doing. And, and that was, that was kind of what we've discussed in the past, that the, you know, the, the insanity or even temporary insanity plea, it means that, you know, like, I thought it was baking a cake. Yeah. You know? And I, I kind of wonder, because, I mean, this was the first time in history that a jury was sequestered. Yes, yes. Yeah, this is, this is precedence. And there was so much press. Right. You know, like yellow journalism we talked about a couple weeks ago was, was big. Um, so, so yeah, there was, this was a fucking, like, it, trial of the century. If you can call it the tr trial of the century in what, like 1907? 1908. 1908. 1908 was whenever the final verdict was handed down. On okay. my birthday. <gasps> February 1st, 1908. But I'm kind of wondering because, you know, He's declared insane mm -hmm. on February 1st, 1908. They go, oh, yeah, he, he's nuttier than a fruitcake. And I'm starting to wonder if this case, I don't think it was the precedent for it, but it may have been the inspiration of going like, no, insanity doesn't work that way. He knew he was killing this person. Mm -hmm. It has to be this, you know, where he thought he was baking a cake or he thought he thought that he was typing or something yeah. like that. Which, I mean, we have his words after he did it. Yeah, he was proud of it. Yeah. To the day he fucking died, he was yeah. proud of it. I wouldn't be surprised. I couldn't find his last words, but I wouldn't be surprised as like, I got that thaw. <laughs> you mean white. Yeah, well, no, he shot himself. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Yes, I meant white. I'm so drunk. <laughs> so the, the booze vapors in here have gotten to me. Ooh, my ge gentle, feminine, delicate sensibilities. <laughs> Let's face it. Out oh, shit with your delicate, feminine sensibilities. Out of the, out of the two of us. Said the girl drinking an icy light mango. Yeah, out of the two of us. I'm sorry. I'm probably more feminine than you are. <laughs> I was wearing a tiara earlier. This is true. <laughs> but... Literally, I was sitting... I went to go get my passport to give Jackson the passport number, mm -hmm. and my tiara from my wedding is in the same place as that. So I was like, I'll just put this on my head and wear it for a while. And it's sitting back next to my desk. So unless you have worn a fucking tiara today, Scott, I don't think you're more goddamn feminine than I am. Did you see Endgame? You bitch. Did you see Endgame? No. Okay. Never mind. Did you see the other Infinity? Big into the Marvel. There's a part where maybe eventually. There's a part where Captain America is able to pick up Thor's hammer and use it. Okay. And I cried. <laughs> I okay. actually started to cry. That's there's nothing wrong with that. You're allowed to cry once in a while. Are you going to cry now? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I find as I get older, older, older. <laughs> I find as I get older, I get weepier. 
And I'm starting to wonder. At first, I thought it was like, you know, just like mental instability and stuff like that. But I'm starting to wonder if it's because that I have so many experiences behind me mm-hmm. that I'm able to identify more with certain situations. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm going with that. But yeah, I'm still, I'm a, I'm a flower, Christy. Don't, <laughs> he's a, don't you he's a delicate that. fucking flower. That's right. Fuck. So, um, yeah, hung jury in the first one, back to the trial. Um, they couldn't, they couldn't get the verdict. They couldn't come up with anything. Um, at one point, I don't have this one written down, but at one point, um, they, the, the jury went away and to, to come up with a verdict. And about three hours later, they, they sent someone to tell the judge, we need to review this piece of evidence or something like that. The crowd thought that the verdict was coming and just ca- caused complete chaos, like rushing in to try to, everybody's trying to get their seats and everything. It was absolutely just insanity. And all it was was, no, we just we just wanted a sentence or something like not and not that kind of sentence. Yeah. Like we just wanted to know like a specific thing somebody said or you know like a bullet or something. Yeah, this was the OJ of its time. Yeah, really, it was. I mean, and honestly, and rightfully, the funny thing is, trial of the century. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was the twentieth century, and then the trial of the century. Mm-hmm. There was another one. How many trials of the century can we have, guys? Come on. There's, there's... I can I can think of honestly three. Three that happened in this century. But you can only have one. It can yeah. only be the, the trial of the century. And this one was technically two trials. Yeah. So, so okay, I guess four then. Because I would I would call this, like in my top contenders for trial of the century, for the 20th century, it's definitely Thaw. Because you have essentially what is a billionaire. I know it was like millions. You have the Playboy and the yeah. girl. Yeah. And then another Playboy. <laughs> yeah. And then I would say the Fatty Arbuckle trial mm-hmm. was definitely a trial of the century. Mm-hmm. And of course, O.J. Simpson. Yeah. So I really think it's those three. Um, any of the serial killers? I wouldn't call them trials of the century because like <clears throat> Ted Bundy. I was okay. going to say Bundy. Yeah. Bundy. Here's the thing. I don't think anybody was waiting for Bundy to be declared innocent. That's true. That's true. This is this is a case where we're I guess for trial of the century you need that suspense. Yeah. Of, you know, like is it is it possible that the, this this person could be declared innocent? And with Ted Bundy it was like every I think people were just glued to it because they were like, what's that psycho gonna say next? Well I think it was I think it wasn't just what's that psycho gonna say next. I think a lot of it was like He's fucking hot. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree, but that, yeah, I would say well, to each his own. But as far as Bundy goes, that's just gross. Here's the thing: you see Bundy tinted through the window of this is a man who killed people, and also tinted through the window of I, I was born years after this happened. Yeah, yeah. I think when the fuck was Bundy? Bundy, I think was in the eighties. Okay, well, that, I think that might be seventies and eighties. Um. Because, oh, what is the author's name? She wrote The Stranger... Anne Roll. The Stranger Beside Me. Ted Bundy used to walk her to her car after work to keep her safe. Yep. Isn't that fucking... Yeah, it's fucked up. Um, so, he was... That's his political party on Wikipedia. Um... I want to say it was mid-70s to mid-80s. He was... Apprehended in 1975, and like the Florida trials, uh, 1979. So, okay. so yeah, like that stuff happened like before I was born. So it, like you, 
unless it's somebody with like super like classic good looks like like Cary Grant or something like that. Like you look at somebody with like the seventies haircut and everything, and I just I don't see it. See, it was. So, but there's also yeah, he killed and and, and he was, he was a torturous, horrible human being too. It was a celebration whenever he died mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. I can remember as a kid going through the uh, the checkout lanes and the tabloid papers had his shaved, burned head. <laughs> his dead body with, Jesus. like, the electrical burns on the front of the pages. And with it, the boy in the box, we talked <clears throat> about the surprise with the gas bills. No, <laughs> and it was a... a dead kid. It was a thing where... Is, it, yeah. was, it was almost a sigh of relief to everyone. Yeah. You know, it was... Well, a little bit, a little bit more darkness has left the world. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. And, yeah, Ted Bundy was fucking dark. Yeah, so... So yeah, anyhow, um, back to... Um, yeah, I'm going to edit a lot of this out. That's Don't fine, worry. That's fine. Um, back to... Uh, yeah, so here's an interesting little fact. Um, the autopsy showed that White actually was pretty near death, actually. Yeah, he could have waited a week and a half. Basically, yeah, yeah. If, 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 if Thaw had just been like, you know what, let's not go see the show. I'll put the gun away for a little while. I'll just be sane and not kill people. For I'll just... I'll wait. I'll give it some time. And... We'll see what happens. It would probably would have happened because he had um, uh, Bright's disease, which uh, is is nephritis. It's a kidney disease, incipient tuberculosis, and severe liver deterioration. It was almost as if Thaw accidentally did white a kindness, mm-hmm. like he in a in a very weird way. Yeah. yeah, he saved him a lot of suffering, and I think that's a beautiful thing too. Like, he was going to be dead in probably two or three weeks. Yeah, and and had Thawne known that, he might have actually held off and been like, you no. know, I'll let him suffer. No. This is, a quick end is too easy. No, yeah. no, he wouldn't have. Well, no. I, I really don't think he would have. He wanted the he wanted the. He wanted to do killed. it himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right yeah. about that. But, but had he known, he might have thought about it. I'm not he, saying he would have done it. He would have thought about it. He would have thought yeah. about it. You know, which which way do I want this guy to go? Because now I have the control over how he goes. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, yeah, they have the, the hung jury. Two years later, um, another trial. Uh, and Evelyn test- testifies again. But this time she kind of swings it around to really, you know, put the... Put a little spin on it and really, like, emphasize how just off his rocker he was. Um, which some people speculated that she was being paid by the family to do this so that they could get that temporary insanity plea. Um, and he was declared insane. Confined to Matewan State Hospital. Um, oh, I should also state that he, his, his life in jail was not that different from his life outside, except for the, you know, the easy access to, 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 to the girls and whatever and the whips. There's a picture of him, and we'll post it. Um, with a, he, he had access to his own clothes. And he was, uh, there's a picture of him sitting there with his, in his suit, in his jail cell with his nice, you know, like made up bed and everything. He got to bring in his own bed, I believe. And he's eating a catered meal from Delmonico's. Isn't we that should nice? all be so lucky. Shouldn't we? Yeah. I'd like to have a catered meal from Delmonico's in my house and not in jail. <laughs> but I'll take it in jail if I'm just there for a day. <laughs> no, I don't want to go to jail at all, actually. Yeah. It's just, this is... It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 1913... The privilege. Yeah. And then in 1913, Thaw goes, I don't want to be here anymore, and just walks the fuck out. Yep. Yep. 
Um, so, and it was, uh, it was nice and, and cushy there too. Like his, 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 his money helped at the, the, the state hospital, but it's just still, no, he, he just, he, uh, was released. Um, and, but <laughs> soon he was sent back. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, three guesses, first two don't count. What did he do? He beat the hell out of somebody. With a whip. Yes. Teenage boy. Yeah, who he, like, the teenage boy, um, it was speculated that he, because he really tried to start something with this this kid, this poor kid, and uh, it was speculated that he did it because the kid looked kind of like Evelyn. Really? Frederick Gump looked like Evelyn? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Would I turn gay for that? <laughs> no. He's also no. Still, a, still, a, still a kid. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I'm sure that'll hold up in court, as long as I have $40 million. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. You'll yeah. Know, be fine. Um, so he divorced Neville in, in 1915. Um, eventually he was freed. 1947, um, died in Miami from a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, with uh, leaving 10 grand to Evelyn. Uh, so. Which is, it was a pretty chunk of change. Pretty chunk of change in 47, but still it feels like he probably had more that he could have given. He should have given her everything. Everything, pretty much. Yeah, because yeah. for she, what she had gone through. Yeah. There was a movie made out of it, uh, like we said with Joan Collins, The Girl in the Red Swing. Pretty fictionalized. Um, but uh, it, it, Evelyn did actually like, do some, some consulting in their pictures of her with Joan Collins. Um, yeah, I think she got paid, I think it was like she got 10 paid grand. Money for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, she moved to L.A. She became a painter. Uh, 1967, she died at the age of 82. And to God, I uh, hope she was happy and for the rest of her uh, life. She struggled with um, different addictions and and stuff like that. It was it was pretty rough. It's um, not surprising. Given what she went through, no, no, no yeah. not at all. Um, in her obituary, uh, she said she she's quoted. All right, what she said. Stanny White. She's quoted in her obituary as having said, "Stanny White was killed, but my fate was worse." I lived. Oh, jeez. I know, right? Yeah. I just, I just wanted to cry reading that. I just wanted to fucking, and also like find her ghost and hug it. Yeah. <laughs> or I hope she found peace and isn't a ghost or whatever. I don't, you know, like, but yeah, um, that's, that's, that's what I have. That's my seven fucking pages. <laughs> we, we as humans, we, we have a bad tendency to put too much emphasis on money. Oh, absolutely. Jesus Christ, yeah. Yeah, and money and, I don't know, it, it seems like a lot of the people who have money, and I'm not saying this about everybody, I think there are horrible people that are wealthy, and I think there are horrible poor people, and horrible people in between. Yeah. But <clears throat> whenever, whenever a horrible person sees somebody as beautiful, physically beautiful as Evelyn, and at the time, 15, quite innocent. It's almost like they see it as a fucking challenge yeah. to destroy it. Yeah. And he went to he went to such lengths to do it, too. Yeah. Ingratiating himself into her family. I mean, he didn't just, like, like grab her off the street. Not that that would have been any better. Mm. But he, 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 he was methodical about it. Um, White was. And then Thaw was also had his own, like, methods of manipulation. And it, it, it's amazing the lengths of conniving that these two men went 
went went to. It's absolutely just insane to look at all the things that they did just to. Oh and, man, it's, it's. And it's a thing too, and I hate to say this. This is going to sound like victim blaming. This is really going to sound like victim blaming, but it's not. It's the society we live in. But she did marry Thaw for the financial convenience. She had been poor for so long. Yeah. And it wasn't probably wasn't just for the financial convenience. I, 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 I do believe that, like, that, that cycle of abuse, you know, it, it, it's there for a reason. It's yeah. a thing for a reason. It fucking worked. Um, but I don't think that marrying somebody for money necessarily, you know, like, means that you should have to, you know, go through a shitty life and be trapped in their mansion and give up your career and live under the thumb of their mm-hmm. tyrannical shit, shitbag of a mother. And, um, and yeah, Mama thought was not, not great. And let's face it, Mama Nesbit. Mama Nesbit was not that great. Really, I mean, nobody's coming out smelling like a rose here. But Evelyn is is the she's, she's truly the innocent party. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, she, and she's she truly she the really one who is. suffered. Even though you know Stanford White died a pretty horrible death, I still say that Evelyn's one who suffered the most. Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, almost pretty much kind of like she said. Absolutely, but it's a thing, and I'm saying this because I see this in myself too. And it's taken me 40 years to kind of twist that around. 42 years to honestly twist that around and go, you know, I am deserving of somebody who loves me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm starting I'm starting to see that now. And I don't want people to walk all over me. I don't want somebody that I have to take care of. I want somebody that I can fight life with. And I don't think I don't think Evelyn ever got that and like we said idea in her and she she was 15 she yeah she was very young yeah and like we said like like i really don't think the whole like marrying for money thing she really like we said she probably thought this was it this is how it's supposed to be you know like all men of most men have ever done is is abuse me so i guess this is marriage i guess this is life and love you know so i don't i don't think the money thing i I disagree i I know that probably played some part but also he was persistent as fuck yeah you have that non-stop like i can't get away from this man he won't stop and don't you get the feeling that even if you have the manipulation too yeah even if evelyn would have ended up with a nice guy don't you kind of get the feeling Thaw would have killed him too? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Thaw would have killed anybody she ended up with. It, it just would not have ended pretty. It was, yeah. And and I also got kind of aggravated by like article titles that, that I saw that were like lethal beauty and stuff like that. Because mm. I was like, no, that also blames it on her. Yeah. That makes it seem like, you know, like White died because Evelyn was pretty. No, no. Oh, no. White <laughs> died because Thaw was just completely off his rocker yeah i just i just wish god don't you wish you could go back and go it doesn't have to be this yes way. exactly exactly yeah. you could tell her no look things can be better honestly they don't have to be this way yeah yeah i so definitely wish we need to get that patreon going so and that get we can that get that time, time machine, machine. Yeah. yes we'll put that on the list of things that we need to do with our time machine is go back just grab evelyn as put her in a, a nice evelyn as whenever she's 10 and put her in a good foster home with a loving family. But before that, set her down in a nice, comfy armchair, mm-hmm. wrap a blanket around her shoulders, give Here's her a cup of tea, and say, look. Tea or hot cocoa? Hot cocoa. Hot cocoa, hot cocoa. On, a, on a fall day. Yes, absolutely, yeah. yes. We're going to go outside, little Evelyn. We're going to rake some leaves. And she'd go, my name isn't Evelyn. Yes. Well, it was going to be. Yes, <laughs> it will be. Yes. And just, yeah, just, just give her a hug and say, you 
deserve everything. Mm-hmm. Don't settle for less. Yeah, yeah. So on and that note, <laughs> honestly, I hope that a lot of people listening to this. I hope, yeah, it's not just go, Evelyn that deserves yeah. everything. You know, like because history is going to repeat itself. Yeah, and hopefully, somebody out there is listening to this. And I hope somebody realizes you deserve better mm-hmm. than what you're getting. Yeah. You know, it sucks that you're in this situation, but you can get yourself out of the situation. You deserve better. Better is waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so go find it. Go find that better. So, all right. Well, what you doing this weekend? This weekend? Uh <clears throat> working. Oh, okay. Working. Yeah, I got, I had four days off, mm. four glorious days off, because I usually get three, but Memorial Day. So I had those four days off in a row. Tomorrow I go back to work at 8 o'clock. And uh, so what I'll be doing tomorrow is uh, is kind of uh, just in between calls researching murder. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. So for that... And then I've been kind of texting, well, not texting, but messaging back and forth. A friend of mine has convinced me to watch the Harry Potter films. Okay. So, yes, I'll probably be watching a couple Harry Potter films at work, too. I, I, I just sit around late at night. They, they pay me to be a pulse. <laughs> <laughs> nice gig. Yeah, 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 it's not bad. It's not bad. Now that, now that I'm on night shift, it's yeah. not bad. Mm-hmm. But how about you? What's your plans? Um, I just realized that Polka Fest is going on this weekend. And uh, so I know it's like the beginning of summer. So, yes, this is a very Polish area in addition to other uh, ethnicities that traveled here and, and, and emigrated here. So, yes, we have Polka Fest. Yeah. And so I'm going to go get myself some, some good Polish food tomorrow, Polishki. I think. Some Haluszki, maybe Punchkis. some pierogies. Do they have punchkis down there? I'm not sure. Oh, I love it really it. depends on where you go, I think. Yeah, I love Punchki. So yeah, it's it's. I think that that'll be a nice nice start to the weekend, and then I feel like I have other things going on, but I can't for the life of me tell you what. It's it's been a whirlwind couple of weeks here. I'll tell you what. I feel summer hitting. It is stinking hot in this room. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> it is. And I had the window open like all afternoon trying to air it out. And I'm, now I'm making like, sweating. I'm sitting here making my own gravy. It's <laughs> not pleasant at all. So, yeah, so we're going to um, get out of here, this room, and into a room that is an acceptable temperature. And so uh, rate us, review us on iTunes. It really helps. We would love it if you do that. Follow us on Podbean. Give us a like there. Spotify, wherever you are, honestly. Whatever you can do on wherever you're listening to us. Tell your friends, honestly. Tell your friends about us. And, and you know, tell them what your favorite episode is and tell them to start there. You've got You've got one of those friends that always talks about... I could get away with crime. Yes, yes. You always do. That and friend, yeah. the, the friend that you would also um, help bury the body. Exactly, exactly. Um, and show them how much easier it would be a hundred years from a hundred years ago. <laughs> yes, and so that they can also maybe help us with that time machine thing because exactly. they can get in on it with us. You know, we'll we'll take people on trips. Absolutely, or especially our patreons. So. Um, so yeah, um, rate, reviews, all that fun stuff, and follow us on social media. We're uh, Old Timey Crimey on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's it for us. We will see you next week for another rousing rendition of Oh Shit, Humanity Sucks Sometimes. <laughs> Humanity has sucked in the past and will continue to <laughs> suck 
far into the future. Exactly. Yes. So on that optimistic fucking note, <laughs> uh, we will see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.